Man, welcome to Brave. We're glad you're here today. And um, I'll grab a podium over here for just a minute. If you have your Bible, you can open it up to Nehemiah chapter 4. That's where we're going to be today. And um, we'll jump in. God is good. Have you noticed that God has had our church on a journey? If you're new with us today, uh, we're glad you're here. Um, but, but for those of you who've been at Brave for a while, have you noticed that our church has been on a journey? Anybody? Could you just, by the way I know you respond, and would you lift your hand if you can feel and sense and know that God's shifting some things in us? Have you seen it? And, and the hands that are lifted, um, it's because God's trying to do something in us as a church. And so if you're new with us today, thank you for uh, your grace as God continues to help us become the church that he's called Brave to be. Turn with me to Nehemiah chapter 4. Nehemiah uh, is best known about, he's known for the man who built the walls in Jerusalem. If you were to go to seminary or uh, talk with church leaders, most people, when they think of Nehemiah, they, they think about leadership. So many leadership books, Christian leadership books are written based off of Nehemiah. So Nehemiah is like this phenomenal leader, and he is, and he's known for building the walls in Jerusalem, and that is true. But I think the central theme beyond just that Nehemiah was, you know, a great leader in many respects and made a lot of just wise decisions as a leader, as a CEO, he just made some really smart decisions. Um, beyond that, all of that was rooted in prayer. If I could take the Nehemiah and put kind of one topic or one theme with it, it would be to understand the power of prayer. I, I, I think that you, you, when you think about prayer, you think about Acts chapter 2 and people praying and tongues of fire coming down and all these people and, and you think of miracles and healings. I think Nehemiah, if you kind of could, personal opinion, if you could take Nehemiah and you could say, what is the theme of Nehemiah? What, is the, what can I extract from the book of Nehemiah? It would be the power of prayer. And prayer is such a critical part of Nehemiah's life. I mean, there's no question he's a man of prayer. I've got a couple of verses I will share with you. Nehemiah 1 verse 4 says, When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned, fasted, and prayed before the God of heaven. So the book of Nehemiah, we talked about this, started off with 120 days of prayer and fasting. So he starts with prayer. He gets his vision in prayer. It's all starting in prayer. All right, go to second, uh, chapter 2 verse 4. So then the king said to me, what is it you want? Then I prayed to the God of heavens. So in order to get favor with his king and his boss that he could go build these walls, he prays first. So he prays to catch the vision. Then he prays as he's in the middle of the vision, trying to fulfill the vision. It's prayer, 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 constant. Look at uh, chapter 4, verse 9. So actually, if you go to verse 4, which I don't think you have, he says, I pray to the God of heaven. Then in verse 9, he says, now we pray. Now the we is his, is his, uh, his, his work, his crew, his, his workers. So Nehemiah is a man of prayer, and then he, it's who he is becomes a part of the culture of the body of the group of the people that he's leading, and so now the people are praying because culture is contagious, and so Nehemiah is a man of prayer, and it infiltrates into the people that are building the walls. He says, but we prayed to our God, posted a guard day and night to meet the threat. We talked about that last week. So prayer was an essential part of Nehemiah's success in completing the wall. I think God has called many of you, and, I, and if not every single one of you, I think this is fair to say he wants you to build something for him. Okay, 
And that might look differently for everyone in the room, but he's, he has a purpose for your life nonetheless. Whatever that may look like, he wants to do something through you and in you. Amen? If you don't amen, that means you don't agree, and that means you also think that, no, God has no plan for my life. And that's okay, you can think that, but you'd be wrong. So if the church said amen, let the church say amen to this. God has a plan for your life. Amen. All right, so we're in agreement with that. That's why I did that. I just want you to be in agreement. Okay, I get that. God wants to build something in your life, and I'm here to tell you today, the way you're going to find it is in prayer. So if you want to know what the, God's plan and purpose is for your life, it's only going to be birthed in prayer. Prayer also will be a critical piece to accomplish that. You're going to need to pray through the process. And it needs to be part of your DNA. Like it's got to become part of who you are. Now we use the word prayer in our modern day language and we think of prayer as all different kinds of things. If I ask you to define prayer, you would say talking with God. You would say what you do on the drive to work. You would say what you do before a meal. You would, some of you might recite a prayer. God is great. God is good. Let us thank him for our food. And, and so, and some of you might tell, well, I, I know the better prayer, you know, and now you would recite, you know, the Lord's Prayer. It's the Lord's Prayer. And some of you know the Lord's Prayer, and you would recite the Lord's Prayer. And so, anyways, prayer can be defined so many different ways because we talk about prayer so commonly in our language that prayer is like, what, what is that? And, and I'm not here to try to define prayer today, but what I want you to know is that here's what I, I want you to think about, about prayer, Okay. Just imagine having a meeting with Jesus. That's prayer. A meeting with Jesus. Right? You know, in a meeting, do you show up to meetings and not say a word? Now, some of you are like, yeah, because I got a terrible boss and I never get to say anything. And they're not even meetings, they're just lectures, right? But a meeting is when you, you gather with somebody across the table from you and you communicate. That's prayer. Prayer is where you communicate with God. Notice I didn't say to God. I didn't say you talk to God. Many people would define prayer as talking to God. Go pray. And when I, here's what happens to most people. You say, go pray, and they think about what to say. In fact, one of the things that people often do with me when it comes to prayer, we've done this. You've heard this. Like I'm convinced some of you have even heard it, and you've even said it. I don't know what to See? So, so, man, you know, how do I pray? I don't know what to. Happens all the time. Because we've, we've, we've got this thinking that somehow prayer is all about what we say. No. Reality is, I want to shift your thinking on this. Prayer is where you do more listening than you do talking. I've got to, I've taught this before, but I need this to get like birthed in your heart today. You got to get like this so deep inside of you that prayer is where you go hear God. The Bible is God's word and it's his words that he's spoken. But God still speaks to us today. And then the question I wish that more people asked was when you go pray is how do I hear the voice of God? Not what do I say? How do I know it's him, right? And begin to the conversation with God. When Nehemiah goes into prayer with God, it's not about all the things that he's saying, although he's talking with God, but he's also listening to God. When he goes to God before he prays for the time off, he hears God. When it's the timing, he hears God. I want you to know that Nehemiah was a part of prayer, or prayer was a part of Nehemiah's life, but it wasn't just talking to God, it was also listening to God. 
Here's what I want you to hear. How's your listening skills with Jesus? Like, taking enough time to hear him and to hear what he has to say. Nehemiah, no question, was a man of prayer. And he instilled that in his employees, if you would, his volunteers, his helpers, his support. They became people of prayer. If you're going to accomplish the things that God wants you to do in your life, it's going to require listening to God. That's what I want you to hear. So when I say prayer, I want you to hear, listen to God. I don't want you to hear, just talk to God. I want you to also hear, listen to God. So if you want to fulfill God's plan for your life, and you want to know what your purpose is for your life, you need to hear what God has to say. And you have to give him time to do that. And it might take several meetings. It might take a meeting that's an hour long. Many of us have been in meetings for hours or two hours or three hours, right? And lots gets discussed or talked about or argued about, you know, depending on what environment you might work in. But Jesus wants to meet with you. So I wish you would see prayer as a, as a meeting with Jesus so that you could understand it as, I'm going to go to prayer. If you tell your spouse, I'm going to go to prayer. That means you're going to meet with Jesus. Not just talk with Jesus, but listen to what he has to say also. My prayer, my hope for you is that you, we become great listeners of God. Because when you get to hear God, then you can begin to do the things that God's called you to do. If not, then what are you doing? Just doing what you want to do without really the instruction first. So Nehemiah gets the prayer. And he has this conversation with God. He has this meeting with God for 120 days. He hears God, then goes and acts it out and begins to fulfill it all out. All right. So Nehemiah was a man of prayer. what I want you to see. But he wasn't just a man of prayer to accomplish God's plan for his life. So if you, if you want to accomplish God's plan for your life, it goes also beyond prayer. And this is what I want to help address today. All right? All right, so Nehemiah goes, and, and by the way, the title of the message is By Prayer and Participation. So you rebuild the walls through prayer and participation. So by prayer and participation, okay? Everybody's going to get a participation award today. Amen. Okay, here we go. Remember those little ribbons? <laughs> yeah. All right. Participation. Everybody gets a participation ribbon. All right. Nehemiah wanted to accomplish God's plans for his life, but he needed to do more than just pray. I want you to understand there's more to accomplishing God's plan for your life than just praying. All right. Verse 16. This is chapter 4, verse 16. From that day on, now this is where the opposition has come against Nehemiah. They pray, verse 9, right? But we prayed. And here's what Nehemiah does as a leader, really strategic. From that day on, half my men did the work. Did the work. Say, did the work. Okay? While the other half were equipped with spears and shields and bows and armor. Now, I want you to see something as I unpack this, because this is where you take Scripture. It's not like we miss, we're not going to misteach it or misuse it, but I want you to see this. Most of us are not going to have to have by God to, to build an actual wall and have physical bodyguards because we're in fear for our physical life. But all of us are under attack by the enemy. We talked about this last week. And so what I want you to see is when it thinks about protection and how he strategically places people, I want you to see the protection is like co-equal with prayer. Does that make sense? So let me read it to you this way. Verse 16, from that day on, half my did the work while the other half of people were praying for the people doing the work. Because prayer is where you fight off the enemy. 
So because we're not in a physical situation that we're like, hey, somebody go watch outside, you know, and have guns outside and, that, and protect us in here while we do this. Most of us are not in an environment that way, although many churches in the world today are that way. They are literally in run for their physical life today. People might be martyred and killed for their faith today, right? But for most of us, we don't have to live in that. But the enemy's always trying to destroy us. And you can't fight the enemy with physical bows and arrows and armor, it's spiritual armor. That's what Ephesians 6 is all about, right? Paul talks about the, the, the war against the powers and demons of the dark world. So I just want you to see the, the idea of prayer here along with this. So half my men did the work, the participation, the physical labor, and the other half were in deep prayer, okay? They had the weaponry. All right, let's keep reading. The officers posted themselves behind all the people of Judah. I love that. So I've got people physically there to protect the people from the enemy so the people doing the work do the work. They were building the wall. It says, verse 17, those who carried the materials did their work with one hand and they held the weapon in the other. Okay, I want you to picture this. One of the reasons why you may not have or not figured out yet the purpose, the calling, all of this stuff or that will stop you from, from fulfilling the call of God on your life is because you're working with two hands. You don't have the sword in one and then the work in the other. Now, what does the scripture say the, the sword is? The word. Your word. I saw somebody walking with their Bible today and I thought about what a picture of a sword. I've got a sword in one hand and I've got the work in the other. If you're a man and you lead your family and you're just trying to work, 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 work to fulfill God's plan for your family, that won't work. You need a sword in one hand and you need the work in the other hand. It takes both coming together, both prayer and participation. I need you to see that. If you want your family to fulfill the things that God wants for your family, it's not because you just work hard and get a nice 401k set up and you think you're going to end where you really want to be. No, you won't. Because all you've done is provide uh, financial stability and all that's good. But financial stability doesn't really give you the things that you really want. If that were the case, the pursuit of, of life would be get as much money as possible and then your children would end up perfect. And that doesn't work. Truth is, money is just a magnifier. It could destroy people in a second. So I just want you to imagine today trying to fulfill your life for the Lord in a way that I'm going to be armored both with my word and with my work. It's not also the flip side of that where it's just prayer. You ever met somebody, oh, I'm just going to pray, pray, pray. It's all about prayer. And then you can't just pray in your closet and then do nothing, right? So it takes the sword in one hand and the work in another hand. All right. Are you following me today on this? Church, family, you with me? Understand the teaching, where I'm going with this? I hope so. Those who carried materials did their work with one hand and held the weapon in the other, verse 18. And each of the builders wore his sword at his side as he worked. What you imagine going to work tomorrow and having the sword? Now, what's the sword? The word. So you show up to work tomorrow with the word, going to work. Prayer and participation. It's both coming together. But the man who sounded the trumpet stayed with me. So he put a guy who would sound a trumpet out, and when they heard the trumpet, they would gather and fight. Right? So then I said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, the work is extensive and spread out, 
And we're widely separated from each other along with the wall. So, because we're all working hard here. But whenever you hear the sound of the trumpet, join us there and our God will fight for us. So it's a spiritual battle. Our God will fight for us. And I'm going to put a communication system at play that you will know when the enemy's attacking. Verse 21, last verse of the day. So we continue the work with half the men holding spheres in the first light of dawn till the stars came out. If I could retitle the message, it would be till the stars came out. I want you to think about this as a, as a CEO work guy. Nehemiah. Notice the text says that we worked from the first light of dawn, the sun is rising, until the sun went down. In other words, I worked my tail off. I wasn't, a, I wasn't a man who just prayed. I was a man who put in a lot of work. Like I worked really hard. When the sun rose, we went to work and we kept working till the sun went down. I need you to see this. If you want to fulfill God's plan for your life, it'll require both prayer and participation with God. It'll require both the word and the work. It'll require both. How great it would be if we could just pray and do nothing. Amen? Amen? Lord, let my children be righteous and holy and blameless. And you never had to actually parent. Right? Lord, would you bless this house and fill it with all kinds of good blessings, financial blessings, joyful blessings. But you never had to leave your house and do any work. Lord, build your church, build your kingdom, establish revival in your church. But you never actually put your hands to work to make it happen. Understand what I'm saying to you? When it comes to accomplishing great things for the Lord, it'll require both work and prayer. Both prayer and participation. And I think oftentimes that's the tension, right? We want to pray things into existence, but we never really do anything about it. So we just pray for it while never really putting in our hands to do the labor. And I want you to know something about God. God said, I'm going to give you a day off, right? That's the Sabbath day. I created that day of rest. How many other days are there in a week? How many days did Jesus, did God work in creation? If we would call it work, how, how many days did he work? He, he worked six and then he rested on the seventh, right? He rested the one day, right? Nehemiah worked his troops from the time the sun came up to the time the sun went. What I want you to know is God is not afraid to work you. Work. We want to work as little as possible. And get the harvest. Amen. I've talked with people and their goal. I mean friends of mine. Who have told me my goal. Is to work as little as possible. For the much reward. Really? Well I'm not sure what happened there. Wow. There's so many thoughts I have right now. All right. So you have, I'm going to work as little as possible so I can get as much gain. Okay, I want you to see this. Let the, let the word do the teaching. Ready? Here we go. All right. What I want you to know is the Lord says no to that. Prayer 
and participation. And that's the tension for many people. You don't want to put in the participation. You're praying for it, but the participation doesn't meet it, and then you don't get the thing that you're trying to obtain for the Lord. On the flip side, you could be a person who works, 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 and you never carry the sword with you. So you can work, 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 trying to build the family, trying to build the thing, build this, build that, whatever it is, accomplish whatever God wants you to do. And you work, 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 work. And here's what happens. You become Martha, not Mary. Then you can also become Mary and not Martha. What I'm trying to show you is that there's a, a tension between the two. So if you want to accomplish great things for the Lord, it requires both prayer and participation. And sometimes it's like a balance. You know, we, we, we try to give more time to prayer, and then we give more time to participation, but it's both. And Nehemiah did both. So the rebuild required two groups of people, both protectors, I'm going to call them prayers, or prayers, okay? The protectors, the ones that are protecting the job so that the work can actually get done. The participators. So you have the participators, they're the ones laying the bricks, and the protectors are the ones who stand on guard, ready to fight off the enemy should they come to attack. If the workers got caught up in the work without knowing the enemy was coming, their work would have been cut short, and ultimately God's plan for their life would be stopped. See, the enemy can get you to work, 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 work so hard that you don't even see the enemy coming because you don't have your word or your sword with you at all times in your armor. So, if you want to accomplish God's plan for your life, and you've got to think about it this way and, and establish and do all the things that God calls you to do, it is going to require both prayer and participation. How we wish we could just pray and then it happens. So many people have been mistaught. Well, just pray. Well, it takes prayer and participation. I want healing for um, this issue in my life. Right? I, you know, whatever it might be. Everything I have found, do answers and miracles come through prayer? Absolutely. Sometimes God could show up and just bless something and, a, and it answered a prayer. But I have found more often than not, it requires both prayer and participation to accomplish God's purposes for your life. Sometimes God can show up and supernaturally heal or supernaturally, but all through scripture, and you need to know this, God stepped over dead bodies. Not everyone got healed. What I'm trying to say is, is that healing, or most oftentimes I have found that when it comes to God performing all the things that he wants to do through an individual's life, it requires both prayer and participation on the part of the individual. And that's a blessing because God invites humans to participate with the things of his kingdom. We want to pray things, but we don't want to participate. It, it requires both. God needs people who will pray, and he needs people who will participate. And when those two things come together, great things can be accomplished for God. The kingdom of God is built with both a sword and a shovel. The kingdom of God is built with both a sword and a shovel. Maybe that's a third title, the sword and the shovel. Charles Spurgeon had a statement very similar to this idea of Nehemiah that it was both a sword and a trowel, I think is how you say it. Is that how you say it? The little spatula, you know, the little thing that lays the bricks with it. Trowel, is that how you say it? Yes? Is that the, 
Is that what it's called? Trowel. T-R-O-W-E-L, yeah. It's like the little shovel thing that you lay bricks with. The point is the kingdom of God is built both through prayer and hard work. It's how the kingdom of God is established on earth. You need both. You need both. I think I need to speak to like the men in the room so you get it, and, and even moms, so, you know, the leaders in your homes. If you want a family that serves the Lord, it'll require both prayer and then work. You have to participate with God. So I want my children, this is practical, I want my children to serve the Lord. Let the church say, okay, if, you're, if your child does not serve the Lord, it's your fault because you didn't say amen. <laughs> you don't, does the church say amen to you want your children to serve and know the Lord? Right? Yes? You do? Okay. So you pray for them. You don't just preach at them. But you don't just pray for them. You also preach at them. You understand? So we try to discipline our children without prayer. Ineffective. You pray for them. And discipline them. It's the two coming together. You lead them by example. You need to read your Bible more, son. And you never picked your own, and dad, you never picked yours up. You know, it's like you pray for them, but you have to participate with God on that journey. You teach what you know, you reproduce who you are. So that's what happened to Nehemiah. Nehemiah is a man of prayer. And he reproduced it amongst his staff. So if you want prayer to become an essential ingredient in the life of your child, participate with God and pray with your child. I'm going to go away and pray for them, important. I'm going to pray with them, also important. It's both prayer and participation. You do that, God's purposes will be accomplished in your life. And with that, I wish I could just send you home and say amen, and you'd be like, I'm going to ace that one from now on. <laughs> Man, you, as a follower of Jesus, gosh, how simple it would be if you just prayed and participated with him. It takes both. God's purposes are accomplished through prayer and participation. You write that down. God's purposes are accomplished through prayer and participation because it's both coming together. Nehemiah was committed to both prayer and participation. He was not a man who just prayed that it would happen. I want you to see this. Nehemiah laid the bricks. He was a bricklayer. Somebody comes to you, this happened to me today, and they say, you know, I'm battling something. I'll pray for you. And then you exit as fast as you possibly can. What if for a moment here, God sent someone to you and said, I'm struggling with something. And instead of saying, I'll pray for you, and then exiting as fast as you can, you decide to participate with God and say, I'll pray with you right now. What do you need? And then all of a sudden, God begins to use you to bring the word that God needs to speak to that individual. Okay, I want this to become real for you. I don't want this to be like a teaching, like, oh, okay, that's good teaching. I want to show you how that actually happens. 
So, Brian, come here for a second, okay? All right. I know, man, I'm bringing it up here in the middle in front of everybody, and I'm about to use an illustration. You're like, okay, this is not what, but I need to, I need them to see this, how this works, because I want you to get this. Does that mean, I don't want, you're not here. Do you know that you're not here just like, you know, listen to me preach. Like, it's trying to teach you something. Amen? All right, so, so you get this. So that when you leave here, and this happens to you, and I think it will, and I don't believe it will, at some point this week or throughout a month or something, like, you'll find yourself in a similar situation, and I hope that you think about prayer and participation. And then you're going to see God do wonderful things in your life and through your neighbors and through your friends and coworkers and children if you get this teaching. So today, I come in, and I'm ready to do, you know, my job, right? And, and preach and start organizing things with people and get things planned. And then the Lord tells me, you need to go pray for Brian. This is all true. I'm just using you to, to, to validate this, right? And if I lie, you say, no, he's a liar. He's telling the truth. <laughs> All right. So he's standing in the back, you know, the room, and we're in pre-service prayer, 9 a.m., right? And we're praying, and, and I feel like God tells me, you know, to go deliver a word to you, okay? Now, in that moment, I have two options. I can say no, or I can say yes. Amen? All right. Because in my mind, I'm thinking, man, I've got a lot to do, Brian. You know, I've got, I've got a a whole sermon to preach, and I got to talk to Andrews about when to come up at the time, and I got to make sure all the sound is good. I got to check my microphone. Like, I got, you know, all these things run through my mind, and children's ministries on my mind. Like, all these things run my mind. Brian, Brian, no, 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 no. God, you talk to Brian, because I got a lot to do. Let the church say, come on. So, you know, someone else will do that. Am I, do I, am I okay? If you need to bring me the handheld, it's okay. Or maybe it's my, my jacket. All right, so we live in that world. Someone else will do that. Well, God is so sovereignty. And some of you theologians, well, God is sovereign. So if I say no to God, he'll... Is that me? Yeah, he's bringing me a microphone. All right. Yeah. We talked about this earlier. See, this is why we check mics. All right. So... Anyway, so we're, we're in the back, and I feel like God tells me to go talk to him. I said, okay. So I go over, and I talk with you, and we have a good conversation. And is it fair to say, without going into all the details, so I'm not going to hear expose all this stuff, okay, but that you got maybe a word from God, or you felt like you got some things that you needed from God, and it, it lined up with what you were yeah. feeling. Yes. All right. <laughs> okay. All humility here. Ready? Did you shed some tears? Yes. I could not do that. I didn't go make him cry. God said something to you, and it got into your heart in a way that I could not have done that. And God maybe spoke some things to you. Amen? All right. What's that? Amen. Amen. All right. Go, go have a seat, Brian. Thank you, man. Okay. Jerry, where you at? Where's Jerry? Come here, Jerry. All right, so Jerry comes in, and he grabs me right before, I mean, songs are being sung. And I'm like, come on, man. I'm trying to get up there in the front row and sing some songs. <laughs> so Jerry comes in, and very similar to what Brian was dealing with, in a way. And we had a conversation. And I hear God tell me, wait, go talk to you, take time. And I said, this is what I told the Lord, Jerry. I said, but God, I got to get to the front row. Like, worship is there. Andrews has, like, four people in the room because people show up late, so I've got to help them clap. <laughs> and uh, 
Hey, I'm trying to help, man. We talk about this every Tuesday, y'all. Please show up on time. Come on, man. Like, you know what's coming, 10 a.m. Okay. Okay. We have to throw away the first song, and we start the worship at song two. I want you to know, the Tuesday conversation in most churches, and this is so true, I've been on staff 14 years at church, most conversations on Tuesday staff meetings are, all right, number one is a throwaway, because no one's going to be there, and then the real worship starts at song two. Yeah, okay. I, yeah, all right. We want to show up on time. All right, so anyways, so I'm, I'm like trying to get up here, get in the front row, help people clap, you know, that kind of thing. And Jerry comes in, and he's like, can I talk to you? And in my mind, I'm thinking, Jerry, I'm kind of busy, man. That's what I'm thinking in my mind, because, I, I, dude, I got a lot going on today. <laughs> it's Sunday. I, so I'm back there, and I think song one, song two, song three. And so the whole time during worship, we're back there chatting and talking a little bit, right? And I felt the Lord tell me, you know, this is what was for me, was, Ricky, this is why I called you here. Like, this is what I called you to do. In other words, I didn't call you to just build the church. I called you to build people. So it's right here in front of you, Ricky, right? So I'm back there, and, and we're talking a little bit and chatting, and you open up some things, and we talk to each other, and I prayed for you. And did you cry? Yes, I did. <laughs> I'm not saying the goal is to get Ben to cry. I want you to know that. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is I can't make men cry. I mean, I'm, I'm not intimidating. You know, it's like it was God's maybe spoke some things that lined up with what you felt in that moment. Is that true? That's true. Very true. And it hit a heart piece of you that God began to do some work in you that only he can do. And all I was doing was participating with God. Now, just think about what kind of pastor, leader, Christian, Christ follower I would be if I said, Jerry, I hear you, man, but... I don't have time right now. Or what we do. Hey, Jerry, I know you're struggling. I'll, I'll pray for you, okay? I'll text you. <laughs> so my point is to you, we do this. What I want you to see is for healing to get inside of someone, it takes both prayer and participation. So I had to participate with God in order to bring the healing that God wanted to do in your life. So I had to pray with you and participate with God. It takes both prayer and participation to build God's kingdom. It takes way more than, than just prayer. You have to do the work. Amen? Thanks, Jerry. Did you get the teaching? And even I'm learning the lesson today. It takes both prayer and participation. Prayer is where our hearts align with God's heart. It's where you get to know his purpose and what he wants to do. I called another person up because I felt like God wanted me to pray for them, for Dan and them. You heard me call his name up. It's just, you, you pray, God tells something, and then you participate with God. So if you want to accomplish things for the Lord, it'll require both prayer and participation. Not either or, it's both. In order to build something you need both the blueprints and the workers who are willing to do the work. Prayer is where you get the blueprints, and then oftentimes God also calls you to do the work as well. So you go to the master, what's the work I got to do, and then he puts you to work. It takes both prayer and participation in order to do and accomplish God's plan for your life. And today, I want to share with you the result of what happens when people both pray and participate with God. Okay, what's my time at? Okay.
So I need you to hear something today of what happens when people both pray and participate. All right, so our church has been on this journey for five years, right? And in some way, that feels like, you know, a lifetime, but it's, it's only five. And so by many uh, terminology, we're still a young church in many ways. Um, so five years in, and in this season, we feel like God is birthing something new in our church. And uh, myself and our leaders and our staff, you know, we feel like God's shifting some things in our hearts. So I want to take you through a little journey here. Can I add some music to this? Because the music adds to the story. <laughs> in movies, they play music behind, you know, moments. I don't know why the scene of Top Gun, you know, when, is it Kelly McGillis and Top Gun? You know, the, what's the song that they, anybody know the Top Gun? I don't know why this song is in my mind. Take my breath away. Look at you, Ollie. Take my breath away. Yeah. Is that theme, is that scene in your head now, Ollie? Get that out of your head, man. Get in church. Trying to rush home. Is Take My Breath Away on your playlist? It will be. Thumbs up. All right. Okay, so um, I need to tell you the story because you got to get this. I need you to see this. I need you to see the Lord. Not see me, see the Lord. Okay. So we start this uh, on May 23rd. We did a day called Brave Day. That Sunday was the most horrifying Sunday I've ever faced in 14 years of ministry. I walked in that week leading into it. I had no sermon to give you. I mean, I, I was like empty. I had nothing. And I had studied and read and read, and there's like nothing. And I've talked about this, I think, but share with some friends and some staff. I was like, I got nothing. Saturday night that week, I'm on the porch, and I tell my wife, Chris, I was like, Chris, I think I'm done with ministry. I, what do you mean? I was like, I have no sermon. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, it's like, it's like the gift has been removed. I've got nothing to say. I, I mean, I, it's just empty. It's like the words have been taken out of my mouth. I can speak audibly, but I have nothing, nothing inside of me. And I've been fighting for it all week. About three days prior to that, I had a guy, colleague, friend, pastor in the area um, in Tampa. We're sitting at dinner, and he says, you know, Ricky, I feel like God wants to say something to you. And he says, I think Brave Day is going to be a day of new identity for your church. You're never going to be the same again. He said, it's your Brave Day. God wants to do something new in you. It's your Brave Day. I'm like, okay, I know, it's called Brave Day. But show up on Sunday morning. I've got no sermon written. I had a few verses and nothing. I walk in, and we had pre-service prayer at 9 a.m. That was the first day we had it. And Shelly was there, and Steph, you were there, and a few of us were there. And I walked in, I said, man, all I have today is go after Jesus. And I felt like God said, just go after me. And I told Jesus, we can't just go after you. we got to have church. He said, just come after me. And I told the Lord, well, we can't do that. we got to have church. We gotta have a service. We're getting song one, song two, song three, bumper video, nice hospitality voice, message, closing segment if possible. He said, just come after me. So Brave Day happens, and I end up speaking for like 50 minutes, shocker. No sermon notes, and you were there for some of you people on their faces with the Lord and 
just like crazy encounter with God's spirit. Didn't see that coming at all. Prior to that, though, one of the, I think it was Stephanie in the back, she, she, she was like, you know what today is, don't you? I'm like, no. She goes, today's the day of Pentecost. It's Pentecost Sunday. And immediately I was like, man, God wants to birth something new in our church. And his Holy Spirit, his spirit's going to come up and it's going to do something in our hearts. And it's really a change in my heart, really, at the top. And then our staff, and then maybe it would bleed down. So that was Brave Day. I go on vacation. I remember leaving that day, and I told Carissa, my wife, I said, man, that was the best Sunday we've ever had in our life. Like, I, I, that was awesome. And she said, you know what our attendance was, don't you? And I can't remember the number at the top of my head, but it was like one of the lowest Sundays we've ever had in the history of Brave. And I was like, it didn't matter. Like, it really didn't matter because the presence of God was so amazing and so many people were touched. Like, that's all that mattered to me. It was like the numbers and the attendance and all that had like gone. It's like all I cared about was like, we went after Jesus and he showed up and it was amazing. This is like the best son we've ever had. So we go on vacation. I'm gone for two weeks, almost like 12 days, driving home from the mountains with the family. And I'm praying about the sermon I got to preach on Sunday. And I only had one word and it was rebuild. Like that's the only word I had. And I knew, I thought about Nehemiah, but I didn't have a message again. All I had was rebuild. So I show up on Sunday morning and I talk to Andrews. I'm sitting right here on the stage, but right there. And I'm like, I got two possible sermon titles. One is rebuild. And I kind of talked about that. And the second one was the best summer ever. And I said, that has a really cool graphic and it's got a bumper video because we need a bumper. And Andrews was like, no, it's rebuild, man. It's rebuild. Okay. We got no bumper and we got an okay graphic. And that's what we went with. And that's how the series got launched. And oh, the, the story of Nehemiah, I'll speed it up. God has unfolded more and more and more of what he was trying to accomplish. And let me speak this to us today and certainly to myself. What God was wanting to do at Brave is to rebuild us, to pour new concrete. And I was asked a question. I talked about this last week. And he said, Ricky, this is what I was asked by the Lord. What would you do differently? You know, I was asked this by a my friend, Pastor Joel, who asked me the question, what would you do differently if you knew what you knew today as five years as a senior pastor church planner? And I said, no question, I'd be a man of prayer. I, I realized, I'm reading through Nehemiah, I, prayer would become the most important foundational thing to our church. We would be a church who prays. And I talked about that last week. So last week, I want you to see this, this rebuild. God has taken me to this personal place in my heart. And I've repented. I've like, God, I just truly want to build your church. Like, not build the church. I could just build the people and like do whatever you want. So it's like a week and a half ago, it was in my closet. Truly, it was in my closet praying. And I remember getting to this place with the Lord. Been a few hours in prayer maybe. And I remember just falling on my knees. I was just praying. And I said, Lord. And it was like when I said it, it pierced. Like I knew it was heard. I don't know if you've ever prayed. And when, it was, when you said it, it was like, ah. That was heard. And I said, Lord, I just want a place to pray. Like, it didn't matter the size. It didn't matter anything. It was like, just give us a place to pray. And immediately, I knew God heard it. And I think God was responding to all the things he's been doing in our staff and making him the center of everything we do. And all these long services is everything we have hated, man. We, have, we would 
like give each other high fives. We get back on Tuesday step like, dude, an hour and 14 minutes, dude, we did it. Sweet. And then we're like, dude, another hour and 40 minutes, man, this is terrible. An hour and 40 minutes. I mean, we watch movies that are two and a half hours, but my goodness, church for an hour and 40, this is getting too long. Okay. These are the conversations we had. But we knew God was birthing something new in us. So here's some exciting news I want to share something with you. So I'm in the closet praying. I said, Lord, just give us a place to pray. And immediately I knew it was her. So my phone is next to me and I open it up and I'm just scrolling, kind of like searching for something, you know? And I come across the app that's on my phone that has, you know, commercial properties. And I really don't want to look at this. I'm going to need to pray, but I feel like, no, I need to look at it. So I open it up and that building opens up that I'd seen this building before, but for some reason I thought I'm going to investigate this further. I just kind of following this leading. So I click on the thing and I make some phone calls. So me and Andrews drive over and we look at this little property or this, this building to just to gather in. And I want to show you a video in just a second, but I need you to understand the prayer was just a place to pray. This would not be the place like we're going to close down here on Sunday mornings or, you know, but just a place through the week that we could pray. And we go look at this property and it's kind of like, I don't know, and we're kind of trying to figure it out. But then there's sound panels already on the, the ceiling of this place. And we're like, gosh. And so through some time and investigation and just some praying, praying on it, talking to the elders and the church and uh, just, just trying to get some thoughts around it. God opened a door for Brave that we've never had in five years. And I don't think it's by coincidence today on the closing and concluding of our 50-day fast that God is providing Brave a place that it's never had in five years, a weekly space to gather in throughout the week to do all the things that God has called our church to do. I made a quick video of this building and then uh, I'll come back and I'll share with you what we're going to do with this this place so just the video is not great best quality it's just but it's from my iphone it's vertical not horizontal so bear with me all right i know damaging all right hey brave family uh just walked into the office so this is what you look at down this hallway uh, there's some offices down there we'll go through there in just a minute and then to your left you see a little reception area here then we come around uh, to the open area. The building is 3,000 square feet, and it's already got the sound paneling, as you can tell, uh, up on the ceiling. Uh, the idea would be that we would take this wall here, that's a bathroom right now, and take that down. And then this would be a big open area that we could host uh, women's ministry, men's ministry, and do our prayer nights and worship nights. Um, the prayer has been that this would be a, a medium-sized gathering place. And so wanted to share it with you today. If you come around, you can see you get more room around, and it wraps all the way around again. This wall would potentially come down would be the hope to make a more big open room that we could host our Marriage XO Conference. This would become a storage area where I'm currently walking and standing and then going around this hallway uh, again, back to the offices, you get an office here, an office here. This room is a kitchen area, so we would be able to do different meals and things like that. And then two more offices here on the left that we could use as kids' spaces. 
uh, for VBS and offices as well, but we could host our VBS out of here. We could host prayer gatherings, worship gatherings, and uh, continue to move forward all the things that God has for our church family. So um, anyways, wanted to show you a quick video of this. There is D over there, and uh, wanted to show you a quick video of what we're looking at, uh, give you an idea, just to kind of give you a glimpse of, again, uh, what we're praying about and thinking about. So anyways, uh, stay tuned and excited about all that God has for us. Um, all right, so I've been telling some pastor friends of mine, called Pastor Joel up, was so excited, and I said, man, it's only 3,000 square feet, but I feel like it's 30,000 square feet. Because so many of you have been praying and participating. And I, I think it's a celebration. Uh, so I'm going to show you a couple of things we're going to do with this place. Uh, just like walk through some of these things that we're going to be able to do. Uh, so a little bit of context too. So I was with Bridgeway Church, who was a plant church, set up, tear down. We were in a YMCA. This is, you know, years ago before I planted Brave and was a youth pastor there. And God allowed me to be a part of a church who, who saw all that God was going to do through me and through this church. And so we were meeting in a YMCA, but we had this office place as well that we officed out of, but we also had like uh, small group gatherings and worship gatherings and Christmas Eve services and candlelight services. And Brave has never had the opportunity yet in the first five years to have a weekly gathering space. Our heart has been like, we don't want to keep operating Sunday to Sunday. We want to have like a gathering spot throughout the week that we can actually gather corporately and pray and, and build people and equip people. And, and uh, so this is a huge milestone for many of us who have uh, been on this journey, just hoping and waiting for something like this. And so a couple of things we're going to do out of this building. First, worship and prayer. God has shown us the foundation to this, and that is we will become a place of prayer. I said, Lord, just give us a place of prayer. And I just want you to hear this. The Lord responded like five seconds later, answered. And I called the, the guy and worked out and we're signing the contract tomorrow. And uh, it's just be for lease. We won't have to purchase it, which is a good thing for us. It'll be a two-year lease for now, which is a good thing for us. It's got plenty of parking. I drove through it on the weekend. It's a wide open, so we have plenty of parking. It's right across the street, uh, right down the road, right across from where the Bexley community is, uh, next door to Glory Days, so not too far away. Um, just a perfect place for us to do our weekly gatherings in. And so worship and prayer gatherings will happen either on Tuesday nights or like a Wednesday night. We'll do those every single week, uh, some kind of prayer gatherings and meetings and worship time together. We'll have worship nights. It's going to be awesome. We're, we're just so thankful that we get to worship our God at a place. Equip classes. These are things we've wanted to do, but we haven't had a place to do it yet. So equip classes are simply, uh, you know, we're going to talk about prophetic giftings. We're going to talk about uh, spiritual giftings. We're going to talk about financial peace. We're going to talk about all different types of ministries that we'll be able to host out of this uh, place. So those are, we are equipped classes will take place there. Ladies and men's ministry, our ladies, you know, we've had to do Starbucks. We've had to do homes. We've had to do all these different kind of places. We'll be able to run that out of there. Kids ministry, student ministry. We haven't had a place yet for student ministry. 
Um, and so we've used this place, we've used houses and stuff, but this will be a place that we'll be able to, uh, in future and in time, launch our student ministry out of. And uh, kids, our VBS, we've wanted to host our own VBS for five years. We just haven't had a place to do it throughout a week. This has plenty of room to run where we are as a church to run, to run a full-on VBS and kids' spaces and classrooms. Uh, one of the things, Marriage XO Conference, was a phenomenal thing. We'll be able to run our conferences and marriages out of there. One of the things we want to do also is uh, we'll provide child care for you so you and your spouse can go on a date. Uh, so we'll have certain nights where we'll provide child care up there that, you know, is a very minimal cost to you. And then you can go on dates with your spouse. I knew that would get an applause. You're like, yeah, okay. And um, so special services, that's like our candlelight services, our Good Friday services. Sometimes we don't get this place or something, you know, we'll have a place to gather in should something happen. And it's a little smaller venue, so we'll have to maybe run multiple services out of it, multiple services out of it, but that'll, that'll be fine. Uh, events that we'll be able to run out of it. Brave Academy, I'll talk to you about this. Uh, one of the DNA things is, or, or I feel like God called us to do was we didn't know if it's to start a school, but we felt like every child deserves an opportunity to learn in a Christ-centered environment. And uh, our our team and our staff, and we, we've been praying about this for a long time, that if, if God wants us to launch a school or something, then we will. And we don't know if it's going to happen. We think it, it'll happen maybe in time, but I just, I put it up there kind of in faith because I think God is going to be opening a door for us to launch our Brave uh, private school academy. And it's just something we feel like God's called us to do. We're not trying to do it to make money. We actually are trying to pull it off in such a way that it would be very minimal if a cost at all. Because we want every single parent who wants their, to send their kid to a Christ-centered environment to be able to do it. We don't want money to be the reason that they can't. So we're going to try to follow God on that. And I told Chris, I said, I'm scared to put that up because we don't have a Brave Academy kind of thing yet. But but Chris goes, in faith, Ricky, put it up in faith. And so, uh, so we'll see if that happens there. And I put church offices as last because I want you to know this is not just church office so I can work somewhere. This is for you. This is for your kid. This is for your child. This is for your marriage. This is for you to have time to pray in and gather as a church family. This is not a place for me to office out of. That's the last thing it is. That's why it's last on the list and why it's, it's the last thing that D offices out of, and Andrew's office out of. This is not just an office for us to work. We'll work there, sure, but it's primarily for the church, the body. Does that make sense? And so we're excited. Can we celebrate just, I mean, man, it's a big day. It's... It's a, I know it's a late service, but man, it, I thought, I got to take my time. Like We've been waiting five years for this. And I want you to hear something today. It is through the prayer of so many people in this room. You've been praying for this church. People who aren't here anymore back at Bridgeway. People have launched this thing. Uh, people who have moved out of state. People watching online. It is through your prayers and through so many people participating setting up, tearing down, watching kids' services. So much prayer and participation. But I promise you, man, when you pray and participate with God, He eventually accomplishes all the things that He has called you to do. Our wall is being built every single day. And I'm so appreciative to so many of you who've helped and we're moving forward. And I'm like, Jesus, we need something, man. Give us a strawberry. Like, give us something, you know. Amen. You know, harvest. Give us something. We've been plowing this field. And I think this is just the beginning of where God has our church. And so I'm excited to celebrate with this week today. Hey, I'll wrap it up. Something we're going to do practically, it needs participation. And I want to invite you to participate in this. So a couple of things. We're going to need to 
redo some walls and paint some walls and do some construction stuff and we'll let you know if that's needed and when that's needed. We're supposed to sign the papers tomorrow, God willing, amen, but, uh, but we'll sign the papers, then we'll get the keys, but we have to uh, do some work and renovation in there. You saw that wall that we're going to try to take out so that it's more of an open space. We can fit more people, and so anyways, uh, so there's some practical work that might be called on. We're going to have to move some stuff from the old office over there with U-Hauls, so again, that might need some help, so I might reach out to some of you because we need some participation there. But here's one of the ways I want to invite you to participate with this. Uh, all of this obviously comes down at a cost. And so just prayed about it and said, you know, I think we could do this. It's, I think it could be fairly easy for our church. I really do. And so uh, we're going to do uh, just a one-time offering to go towards this. It's just going to go towards this. We're going to do some renovations. We're going to do painting. We're going to have to outfit all the classrooms. We're going to have to outfit and buy chairs for everybody because you don't want to sit in benches and hard metal chairs there, do you? No. You want a knife cushion for the tushin, I don't know, and then you, whatever. Um, so, you, you know, all of that comes down to a cost, and so we're going to do a one-time offering on August the 22nd, okay? Uh, but we're going to do our best, and we would love to raise $10,000 towards this. Uh, honestly, church, uh, we could do that. Uh, if you pray about it, just ask the Lord, what do I give in this offering? And you just be responsive to him. Uh, no question, we'll, we'll get there. That's certainly obtainable. I know if God has called us to it, and he has, he'll, he'll provide the resources needed. That's not all we're going to need. You know, we'll be able to take some finances that we currently have and, and put it in. Uh, we're going to need more than that, but I just felt like that's an obtainable thing, and I prayed about it and I said, okay, God, we'll, we'll do an offering of 10000 and we'll see where we land, and then we'll, we'll do the rest. And so uh, if you want to give towards that offering on August 22nd, it'll just be that one day and uh, we'll get what we get and put it all towards this building and we'll do all our renovations with it and we'll fix it all up and uh, make it presentable and all of that stuff so we can use it safely and all of that. So that's what we're going to do with it. August 22nd, we'll do a, uh, a, an offering that will all go towards this. Amen? Jesus, we thank you for the place to pray. We will not use it in vain. It's a place to pray. So Jesus, thank you for this place to gather and to pray to worship you, and to honor you. Thank you, Lord, for it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, I know you want to go. Trust me, I'm going to fly through these announcements. All right, meet Brave August 15th. If you want to have lunch with me and our staff, get to know us, sign up for Meet Brave on your connection card August the 15th. Men's golf outing August 22nd. The fee of that is $25. You just bring the $25 with you on that day. Uh, we don't have a way of giving online for that just yet, but if you would bring $25 with you on August the 22nd following our service, we'll have a men's golf outing at uh, Fox Hollow Golf Course course, which is just a few minutes away. Nice golf course. And so if you want to sign up for that, you can sign up for that online or here in person at Brave Central and you just pay $25 and you show up on that day and we'll cover the rest of the costs. We're basically saving you about 10 to $15 per person, just so you know. All right. Uh, also, uh, group leader interest. If you're interested in leading a community group this season, please sign up for that. I will be in contact with you shortly. You just let us know on your connection card, interested in group leading, and I'll contact you and we'll talk about it. Uh, also, on your way out, we have invite cards, and I would love for you to bring someone back with you to Brave Church. So if Brave has been a blessing to you, go be a blessing to somebody else and invite somebody with you back here next Sunday. All right, also, today we need help with teardowns. So if you can help, stick around for five minutes. Five minutes collectively saves like 
one person 45 minutes. So if you could help tear down at all for five minutes, that would be really helpful. Please do that. If you gave, bring your tithes and offering in, you can drop it off on the bins on your way out. God bless you. There's my announcements. See you next Sunday. Take care.